Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Welcome to Who Can Convince You, episode something or other, the lockdown edition, the mm, COVID, mm. The, yeah, the COVID positive edition. I'm Harry, and I'm COVID positive Luke. <laughs> so we are both positive, tested positive. <laughs> it was going to get us eventually, wasn't it? Slow, it's a, the slow burn. That's like we both can't be asked doing this. So, uh, well, we got some nice things to talk about. Bit of John, bit of uh, say really, you know, one of the episodes. Bit of James Corden, bit of John Barrowman. We all are all here. <laughs> <laughs> They're all here. It's a feast, absolute <laughs> feast. <laughs> so oh, god. Uh, yeah. Don't know what you, else to say. You, really. You used to say, "How are you? How are you?" I've got COVID. How are you? I've got COVID. Right. Um, <laughs> Did you do anything nice this week? How's your van? Uh, still, still broken. Still broken. Still broken. Um, Have you changed the oil? Uh, not recently, no. Not recently. Mm. Telling it. Telling. <laughs> so, uh, when did you suspect you were positive? Uh, all the way through yesterday. I thought nothing of it and I thought it'd be a super spreader um, and then I took well I took a test in the morning came back negative took a test in the evening came back negative <laughs> took a test this morning and it came back positive. big thumbs up <laughs> yeah big thumbs up so I got a week off and uh, yeah still have to do this though for some reason <laughs> we wait for nobody mm. is there um what's the isolation rule now how long is it it's not that long now wait, is it about a week but um well i have to wait till wednesday and then if i get two negative results every day after that for like two days and i'm all right yeah. is it four days or something and then what i just explained uh, it I don't think it's a week anymore, though. No. Wednesday. So that's nearly a week. It's not a week, but it's nearly a week. Then you got to get two negative tests every You're day You're like after. Joe Rogan, you are. Pardon? You're like Joe Rogan, spreading misinformation about COVID. They'll be on to you. They'll be on to you. Right. They'll be cancelling you. No one cares about COVID anymore, anyone. Let's have a look. COVID... Isolation rules. I like how we UK. get it when it's like not cool anymore. Yeah, it's just, we're just dealing with it now, aren't we? I thought it was going to die, though, to be fair. <laughs> what hymns do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like abide with me. <laughs> that's for sure. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like a poem as well. Out of your book. Water. No, 
now, now I'd like a, a Dylan Thomas <laughs> if anything. I'd like like um, uh, do not go gentle into that good night. That would be a good. Do not yeah. go gentle into that no, good night. Do not, do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage oh against the dying of the light. <laughs> Would you like Did to carry you, on, or are you okay? No. Did you want to read it out? <laughs> what? Who do you want to read it out? Oh, that's a, that is a good question. That's a really important thing, isn't it? Hopkins. It's yeah. got to be Tony. He'll be there. He'll be there. I th- actually, I think there is a version of him actually saying that poem, so maybe you could just YouTube MP3 it and uh, then just pipe it in. Pipe it in. <laughs> and you want your coffin filled with ice cream as well. It'll be heavy enough. There's, I don't know why you want to... I don't know why you'd want to fill it even more. Make it even trickier for everybody. Oh, here we go. Yes, I knew it. <coughs> Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Fuck me, it's loud. Oh, yeah. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. Anyway. <coughs> <coughs> well, just Christ. like the podcast, no one's going to be there, Harold. No. I ate his liver. <laughs> That's not how he speaks. <laughs> Ate his liver. Um, oh, have you have you done anything in your COVID days or? Um, Just no. my first day. Today's yeah. Today was is the only day that I've sort of been able to move. Right. So the hallucinations oh, have on. stopped. So that's good. No, no. Uh, yeah. No, you haven't. Yes. And what if you hallucinated then? Because it's a cool and trendy. People shout. Yeah, cool and trendy. I like to be the more woke of yeah. the COVID. See, um, other people just get sick, but you get hallucin- hallucinations. <laughs> okay, just people, just people shouting my name. Die! Yeah. Die! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. It, it, when you're sleeping. Well, just like all over the... I haven't really slept that well, to be honest, so... Very self-absorbed, are you? Oh, yeah. It's all about me. Yeah. The Harry the Harry WCCY show featuring Luke. <laughs> Feet dot Luke. Right. Actually, I'm not... No, your name's not in the title. It's just in the description. At the bottom, below the links. And Luke. <laughs> Not and, just says Luke. Right, fuck off. Or L, just L. Bored now? Bored now. Do you want to do a quiz? Uh, So, well, before we do the quiz, I'd just like to say a very happy, happy birthday to John Barrowman today. It's not his birthday. It is his birthday. I'm just going to find out how how old... No, no, don't. Please don't. Please don't. It's in the quiz. Oh, right, okay. You'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, happy birthday to John Barrowman and Alex Kingston. I think it's her birthday as well today. It's good to share birthdays, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who would you share your birthday with? John Barrowman. <laughs> Who's he? You know the one. Oh, you do. 
Oh, the you know. always used to, um, you know, the one from the Tom Foolery. <laughs> Can we do a quiz? Can we do a quiz? So this is a special quiz. Brilliant. Uh, it's, a, it's a themed quiz. It's a t- right. traditional ten questions quiz. It's a John. Ten questions. Yeah, it's a it's a John Barman quiz. Brilliant. I'm in. Do you, you want to go straight in? Just want to grab a bite. Could you just give me a brief description of who he is? So if there's anybody that's not listening, they'll be aware. Well, John Could you Barman. Read his, like, his bio or something. No, John Barrowman hit his fame. No, came to fame uh, when he was in Doctor Who, playing the character Captain Jack, and he was in some musicals and, and things like that. Um, but what really, you know, kicked off his career? <laughs> Cannonballed him into the yeah. stardom. I don't really know. Actually, it just happened. I think, I think he just went on like various things that he shouldn't have really been on but he like was anyway and now he's the John Barrowman we all know and know today so mm. that's about it really the leg, legend the legend that is and he may or may not have sexually assaulted people but that's by the by so question <laughs> it's all tomfoolery <laughs> question... it's all in the past and everybody knew question one yeah what is John's middle name Oh, now, <laughs> now it's not what you think. Have you made this? Up? No. Be funny if I did. Right. Okay. I know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, if we're going off, um, if we're going to think about this logically, he is supposedly from Scottish descent, as all of the people that will defend him yeah. will tell you straight away. <laughs> the Scottish accent uh, is not for, fake. Yeah, I forgot. He's, he is from Scottish descent, so. I'm guessing it's like Angus or Mackay. Uh, you, you got you were closer th- when you said Scottish. Is it Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you got that one right. Question two. Isn't his partner called Scott as well? Well, how old is John? How old is John Barrowman? Right. This is tricky, because I know he's he's gone grey, hasn't he? And he dyes his hair for when he was on Doctor Who. Yeah. So I'm going to prob- I'm gonna say he's about the sort of same age as my ma'am. And go like 56, 57. <sighs> he's 55. But he might... Pr- I, oh, I got that off Google, but hang on. Yeah, he's 55. Oh, he's 56. He was born on March 11th, 1967. So does that that make him 55? Yeah, it does. 2022. Yeah, it does. Thanks, John. Question three. Who is John married to? Uh, I know his name's Scott. Um, Other than... Well, it'd be Scott Barrowman if he's taken Barrowman's surname. Oh, but his surname's probably not Barrowman either, is it? 
It's probably not John either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's Scott. I actually uh, neglected to put his second name there, so we'll go with Scott Barman. Scott Barman. John and Scott. Hi, Scott. <laughs> John and Scott entered. John Scott Barman and Scott John Barman. <laughs> John. <laughs> What's, what's Scott? John what's Scott Scott's Barrowman and Scott John Barrowman entered into a civil partnership in December 2006 and were legally, legally married in the state of California in July 2013. Mm. There's lots of... Um, what I noticed doing all the research was there's lots of, like, legal, you know... <laughs> Loops. Lots of lawyer terms, yeah. is there? <laughs> yeah. Lots of loopholes and like, well, you can, but you know, you can do it this way. If you go to California, you can. <laughs> now, well, the same-sex marriage thing, I'm sure that only came in to effect in this country in like 2015. Bad, doesn't it? Yeah, it is mad, though. Anyway. Because, yeah, because it used to be, yeah, it wasn't, I think it was only like California, wasn't it? Where you could somebody could go you'd have to ask John I'm guessing because he went there shall I ring him no question four what does John call flashing and public slash workplace and decency <laughs> Tom <laughs> spot on <laughs> <laughs> spot on <laughs> Oh, God. Question five. Oh. How old was John when the... Bar- when, as he quotes, bawdy, silly behaviour... No. How old was John... <laughs> How old was John when the bawdy, s- silly behaviour took place? Quote. <laughs> it is a quote. He said it. Um, How old was he when that happened? Yeah. The first time round, or the second time round, or the third time round, or the fourth? Don't know. Or fifth. It's really hard, because it seems to have taken place over a ten-year period. Um, but I'm, beyond, I'm going probably. from... If I, say, if I say the year, I'm guessing it's like the last one. Mm. Oh, no, don't 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 think. So what, what did you say he is now? 55? Yeah. Um... <sighs> 40? 38? 39. Oh! 39. 39. I'll give you that one. Oh, thanks. Question six. What ITV show did John get axed from? <laughs> Dancing on ice. It's good at this, aren't you? You've done your research. <laughs> Too right. Question seven. Absolutely. In, <laughs> in what year and month did John admit to his allegations? Has he technically admitted to it? I saw conflicted information. First, he says he didn't do any of that, and now he's he, he did admit it. He well, he he admits that something yeah. happened, but but he did say sorry uh, for uh, it. Yeah, I suppose. But he said sorry for it back then, so he doesn't need to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I've said it once. <laughs> I shouldn't. Have to I say love it. that. Right. Okay. Um... So, uh, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> in what year and month did John admit to his allegations? Oh, right, admit to it. 2021? Month? April? May. Ah! <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. 
Question eight. He was probably thinking about it then, though. Oh, yeah, he probably had the... <laughs> what he was going to say, you know. He probably had the shits for weeks, panicking. Question eight. <laughs> Celebrated actor-slash-director Noel Clark once said that John had his dick out every blank minutes. How many minutes? <laughs> The article Ten. I read, like, Noel hadn't been outed yet, so... Right. Okay. So he was a bit old. So he was a credible source yeah. back then. <laughs> Not anymore, but, yeah. Before he was binned, rightly so. Um, I don't know. Ten minutes? Ooh. Try lower. Eight? Lower. <laughs> Six? Lower. Three? Up. Four. Up. Five. Brilliant. Spot on. I'll give you that one. Thank you. Every five minutes. Question nine. John has said that what he did was... What? No. John has said that what he did absolutely is not, that's in quotes, sexual harassment. Sexual harassment is unwanted behaviour of a sexual nature which violates your dignity, makes you feel intimidated or uncomfortable degraded or humiliated and creates a hostile or offensive environment. I forgot to put a question though. Um, That's just a statement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Is what John did sexual harassment? Yes. Correct. Absolutely. (laughs) Correct. Um, Can we just, can we also point out that one of the key points of behaviour analysis as you know. Absolutely. Thanks to you. Absolutely. I took part in the body language reading course. Yes, you did. Thanks, Scott. And thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Scott Rice. And if anybody uses the word absolutely to defend themselves, it's always a bit fishy. Because nobody says absolutely. And somebody's going to pipe up and say, absolutely, I say it all the time. You don't say it. Did you do this? Absolutely not. You just say, no. No, I didn't do it. Yeah, that's true. You don't go, absolutely not. I'd love to get John on the podcast. Oh. John, come on. Did Well, he is, he is, and thanks to Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast for making what? us aware of this, he is attending Wales Comic Con this year. Oh, God. Well, it's not in Wales anymore, but they still call it Wales Comic Con. Where is it? It's in Telford. How far away is that? <laughs> In Shropshire. About an hour? Right. Question 10. What was John's big televised show called at Christmas last year? And it is a show that is getting a second special releasing later this year. Mm. You've got... N- oh, is it the teaching teaching celebrities to be uh, music hall oh, divas? I, I, you've got 9 out of 10 so far. I will need a, what it's called uh, for you to get... John Barrowman's... John Barrowman's uh, I've got the X Factor Don't Stop Believing Dancing on Ice Tomfoolery Show Fucking hell. Uh, Yes All Star Musicals yes! at Christmas 10 out Brilliant. of 10 There we are Thank you Thank you very much Do you want to thank anyone else? I'd like to thank um, My lawyers <laughs> In advance <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It, 
it's been a pleasure. You know, it's been a pleasure. John might have done some stuff, but he's got some cracking lawyers, isn't he? <laughs> Regardless of what he's done, <laughs> you've got to admire the, that team. That team. There we are. They're, str- they're like that. Strong. Hashtag. Uh, we, what was it? Hashtag we stand. We stand with John Barrow. There we are. I'm going to put that on the title for this episode. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, um, I had an email off John Barrow the other day as well. What do you say? Another one. Do you remember when? I, do you remember? <laughs> it is an attached I, image. Don't open it. Don't open it. It's a PDF. Oh, it's a collage. Is it? Mm. Could be. Yeah. Um, I sent him a message saying if he'd like to do an ident for us. Mm. So he's. It's just a link to a Dropbox. So I don't know if you can sort that out and see what happens with it. I'll have a look later on. If, or maybe see if I find what? it. I'll put it in now. All right. Okay. Oh, hi there. I'm John Barrowman. The less said about me, the better. But who can convince you are amazing. So, do you want to do your episode first, my episode first? I'm, I'm, I'm easy. Oh. I think we did mine first last time, didn't we? Right. I don't want to do mine. Can we just skip it? It was crap. No, oh, we'll do it Actually, really quick. Do it really quick. Right. I've actually got some goss as well. It's all very, uh, what do you call it? Not legal. I always, I, Tell I you always what. just get scared that I look like James Corden. Now you mention it. Oh. <coughs> nah, you do. Nah, you do. To be fair, yeah. God, I feel <laughs> ill. Right, one of us is going to get really ill during this and really like degrading quality. So I reckon it's going to be me. I've, I've not hit it oh. yet. I've not hit it. You've hit it. I haven't hit it. Yeah. But it I've affects peaked. everyone differently, you know. Am I hallucinating exactly. here, Harold, all the time? Oh, God. There we are. You got a drink, Harold? Uh, I have. I've mm. got two drinks. What are they? Uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> just go, I just need to clear this Norton update thing. It's doing my head in. Norton. Who uses Norton 360? Who uses that? Why? Why does my hand, my arm look enormous? What's going on there? It just goes and goes. It's like you're standing in front of... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're standing in front of a, one of those silly mirrors. Woo! <laughs> all the tomfoolery. Oh, Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I've got a tea, and I've also got a glass of water. Hmm. What have you got? Arizona iced tea. Arizona iced tea. Sponsor is WCCY. Oh, I'd l- oh, my God, I'd love that. I'd love that. Send him an email. Jack and he would. I reckon they send you a couple of bottles. I, I don't want a couple of bottles. What's the point in that? <laughs> Shipping will cost oh, more. Lifetime supply. No, I just want my name on the bottle. Oh. Right, closing time. 
Uh, before we t- uh, before we talk about closing time, well, uh, not sort of included, we should just say rest in peace to Linda Barron. When did she die? The other day. No, seriously. Yeah, that's actually really fucking sad. She was. Yeah. She was Auntie Mabel from know, Come Outside. Nurse Gladys Emmanuel from Open All Hours. I knew her from Come Outside. She was in Doctor Who three times. That's so sad. I, she is yeah. my auntie. She is my yeah. auntie. She Growing was. Uh, up, she was everyone's she, auntie. She sang that terrible song that's in the Gunfighters. She was Captain Rack in Enlightenment, and then Captain she was Rack. in Closing Time. <laughs> Captain Rack. <laughs> <laughs> That's my porn name. <laughs> John. Ow. Ow. Yeah, when did she die? Um, The other day, maybe Tuesday, Monday. That's sad. It's a bad day that, way, that day as well. How come it wasn't in the news? It Well, I think it was. It was sort of... Uh, it was all over the internet. Uh. Everywhere. Everywhere. I hope she's in. So, yeah. I hope she's in a better place with Pippin. That's all I hope. Did you know there was loads of Pippins? What do you mean? Like there's, there, I think there was four or five. <laughs> there was loads of them. Dupes. <laughs> no, no, you're making that up. Yeah. No, no, no. Everyone knows. Doesn't believe it. You use the same dog on a show that's la- going like four years. You use the same dog. Four years and the rest. How long did? Uh, how long did it go on for? Come outside. Oh, can we do a come outside podcast? Just one. What do you mean? As in like one spin-off episode. A spin-off series. Fucking hell, you were right four years. There you go. I know my <laughs> I know my Auntie Mabel. I know my Auntie Mabel. Well, obviously I don't because I didn't know she passed. Oh well. Uh, she hasn't though. She lives on. She lives on. In me at least. That's really yeah. sad. No, I love Annie Mabel. Um, anyway, closing time. Oh, well. Craig, oh, Craig Owens is having enough trouble trying to care for his child. The last thing he needs is the return of his old friend, the Doctor. But as ever, trouble seems to have followed the Doctor, this time with a silvery shine. What? What? That's a terrible summary, isn't it? With a silvery shine. The Cyberman. Isn't it sheen? Shine. Shine? Yeah. Like, take that, shine. Yeah, yeah. You. Huh. <laughs> it released 24th of September 2011, and did you like it? Um, I've got a one-word review that's above all the rest of it. In red. See if you can see it. <laughs> uh... Drivel. <laughs> Drivel. Drivel. Mm. I just put um, bored. I usually do that when I don't know what to write. It's just boring. Bored. Just bored. <coughs> yeah, it was... Um, it's crap. It was astonishing, really. <laughs> it was. It's, it's nice to... There's some sort of like confirmation to like why we shouldn't carry on with New Who. Uh, I like that. Well, this is, the ball's in our court now, so... <laughs> we threw it to James. He threw it back. It's a bit wet. Threw it to John. Threw it to John. <laughs> he forwarded it on to James. Passed it on to And Noel. James went... <laughs> <laughs> and threw it back. 
The <laughs> pizza. Ow. Ugh. It was written by Gareth or Gareth in September 2017. Um, now, is this who? Is this Gareth Roberts? Yes, it is. Roberts posted a tweet on his Twitter account that gained some media attention for being trans misogynistic. Mm. I was just going to Google that in early May. I 20, I've I've done my research in early May 2019. BBC Books released details about an upcoming Doctor Who anthology that would include a short story by Roberts. A month later, <laughs> Roberts announced. Roberts announced an article that his story would not be included in the anthology after other contributing writers threatened to withdraw from the publication due to Roberts' tweets. What were the tweets? I'm imagining something like, oh, trans people should be shot and killed or something. Also, we should start a hashtag. What do you think it should be? Hashtag, we stand by... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we stand with Gareth That's it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. It depends. Are you more offended by flashing or someone who's just a dick? Don't know. Or both. Now, it was directed by Steve, uh, who's done Doctors, Holby City, Land Girls, Casualty, Waterloo Road, Midsummer Murders, Wolf's Blood. You know, the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> A veritable feast of British entertainment. <laughs> um, produced by Denise, who's, uh, in my research, is just lovely. Do you know how... Um, do you know how when we were talking about Netflix? Uh, yeah. Are you, aware, are you aware of Riverdale? I know of Riverdale, yeah. Are you aware how awful and bilge-like it is? I'm well aware, yeah. Turns out one of the directors of Doctor Who works on that as a director. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. It's got that that, aesthetic, isn't it? Does that that mean I should watch it now? I think it's worth a go for shock value alone. Shock value. Warning. It is like opening the cupboard and finding John Barrowman's head. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Right, should we get on? Because I can't be arsed with this one. Act one. In a clothes shop, Shona secretly hates Kelly. Not our Shona, this is a different Shona. But Kelly goes off on a date, I think. I don't really know where Kelly goes. Why is Kelly there? Do you know Kelly? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know Kelly. Do you know the one who. Well, I I do know who it is. It's it's the girl that um, uh, what's his name James Corden sidles up to by all of the sidles, sidles up to, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a wife. Um, James is and kids. James James is in his house and comes downstairs and calls his mum. He's coping on his own. He keeps saying, "The dog." Go- right? What in what world would this happen? I don't know. Anyway, he opens the door to find the dock as he keeps on saying he can cope on his own. Right. This is one of the things that I don't like about Matt Smith. I like Matt. I think he's the only good thing about this episode. I think he's got a really weird delivery of lines. Right. It's not It's not even like sort of an alien way. You know, as if he's, like, purposely trying to do it in a sort of way that's a bit odd. Yeah. 
it's just weird. It, it's uncomfortable. Whenever it's I sit, uncomfortable. when I watch, Man, it, it makes me uncomfortable. When they when James Corden opens the door, and Matt Smith is there, yeah, and starts speaking, yeah, it, I just don't like it. Well, I think it's he's, not bad. I think he's, I just don't like it. He's in a point in his in his run now where he's like, right. Well, no, the doctor's at a point in Matt's run where he could be dying. He's coming close to dying, so he's going to be acting a bit weird. Mm. Ow! Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> Do you get sharp pains? Because of COVID, because we got COVID. We haven't, well, we've mentioned that yet. I'm, it's the main thing is just aches, constant aches. It hurts all over. Does it feel like you've got a pitchfork in the back of your head? Um, yeah. Right at the <laughs> base of the skull, yeah. yeah. Uh, my neck's tight. And my right ab, there. My, yeah, that's it. In the, that, like, squidgy bit. Squidgy bit. <laughs> my eyes feel like they might drop out. Don't know. Just sit they still. Do look like somebody. Just sit it's still. It's like you've got a little valve on the back of your head, and somebody's just gone. <laughs> just one blow. Yeah. And but everything that's the in there <laughs> is just. <laughs> uh, but Matt's lines. I think that might be why. Because I don't think it, is it every episode you've seen Matt in that he just delivers lines in a weird way, or is it just this one? Well, I think. I think that uh, it it has been the thing that I've noticed that I don't like, but I sort of I figured out what it was here. Right. So, um. Meanwhile, Shona comes across a Cyberman in the changing rooms. Matt and James talk babies. <laughs> we what you know when we see that Cyberman that's in the changing room. Uh, and we see it sort of walk up. We yeah. see the shadow of it walk up to the thing. Why don't we hear it? I mean, it's a godsend that we don't hear it. I'm sick of it. We, yeah, we don't get any. Do, you, do we get any foot stomps in this? I can't remember. I any. think so. Yeah, right, we do. When we're are the Cybermen in this or uh, the end on the ship? That's on the blink, ground. Blink and you'll miss them. <sighs> Matt and James talk babies, and Matt licks some chalk. Right. Why? Why is he acting so weird in the scene? Yeah, is it first introductions, or well, it's not his first, is it? Uh, but he's acting in this like he did in his first episode with the fish fingers. Matt, do you want to calm it down whole, a bit? I know it's you, the whole shtick of this doctor, isn't it? Shtick. Right, Matt's my favourite doctor, I think. Really? I think I'm coming to that conclusion. Yeah. Wow. Uh, new who? Oh, right. And just his era. I mean, there's just really good stories in there. So, closing time. Apart from this one. Um, <laughs> after leaving, Matt debates whether he should intervene, knowing that something strange is going on with the flicky lights. Hey. I've got to say, the flickery light thing. <sighs> is it just lazy? What do you mean? Like, how he might know. <sighs> Well, he does a scan, no, well, doesn't just... he? And he's like, oh, there's some interference or something, electronic disturbance. I don't know. There is a lazy <laughs> script. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no, no one's disputing that. Uh, Gareth Roberts, a lazy man. And a dick. Um, yes. He wins the Barrowman right, Disgrace listen. Award. Even if you hate 
trans and trans rights and people. Just keep it to yourself. What? Well, I, I, just, I don't that understand sort of hatred that. inside of you. <laughs> but, if you've got that sort of hatred inside of you, you need to get that sort of sorted out, really. I just don't understand like, what went through his head when he thought, you know what? I'm going to go after the trans today. <laughs> I'm going after them today. I'm going to tweet I've it. had enough today. Gonna, probably going to get sacked. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to blame it all on them. Bastards. Act two. Achtung! Uh, Matt takes a job at a toy shop to investigate the strange goings-on. Why? So he just work. He just works in a shop. Yeah, now, and people he? call him Doctor as well. Yeah, and he's got a name badge that says the Doctor. I think it's similar to uh, the other James Corden episode where like Matt just worked his job, and we guess we can assume yeah. that the Doctor can just work any job because he's so clever. I mean, he's only working in the entertainer. Not that you know. Yeah, I know, but I'm it's sure. like he can just walk in, just have a job because he knows like, you know, oh, I can get it because I'm cool. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, so Matt reveals to James that there is a teleport in the shop and that people have been disappearing. Uh, it's a blink and you miss it, that. After taking the elevator, mm. they suddenly appear on a Cyberman ship. Before getting attacked by a Cyberman, Matt, refu- uh, Matt fuses some teleport thingy, making it non functional, and they return to the shop. Right. Okay. I hate that whole kiss thing. The what thing? You know, the kiss thing. When he's got his arms around James Corden. And he's like, are you going to kiss me? But he's just trying to move the sonic screwdriver. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love you. Oh, I blocked that out. Blocked that out. It's gone. Uh, Linda Barron, everyone. Yay! There she is. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, just talks about him and Matt and James being gay together, which is all right. It's not funny. It's just no. It's funny that that. So even though Gareth Roberts, what was it? Anti was it anti-gay? Yeah. No, anti-trans. Anti-gay and anti. Right. Okay. No, that you know. All of that, that sort of... I don't know what to say. It seems like he has an agenda. Yeah, but, you know, it's sort of... All of those sort of issues of trans rights and gay rights tend to sort of go into the same bubble of sort of... These are sort of... All of that sort of human rights thing. So it's funny that he's sort of got this issue... With one side of it, but with the other side of it, he's quite happy to just write in. When you say bubble, do you mean of... like straying from the conventional norms that have been? Uh, I don't know. That I don't know. Young but boys I don't and really girls, are, young boys and girls have been told to do this one thing because you're a man, you're a woman. That's how things go. The birds and the bees, exactly. And any other notion of anything else is wrong. Does WCCY <laughs> support this? No. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> um, but I know what you mean. It's just almost like, well, how come? How can some people have rights that people like you usually are against, and then suddenly trans people, big no no, big no no. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Again, I just think he's a dick. So yeah, I don't really know what he said in the tweet, but I'm gonna just gonna assume that he just said, "I think they should all be shot." 
Or whilst um, you're talking about this, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, please do. Uh, so there's a silver rat thing going around the shop while James asks Kelly some questions about anything unusual. After some boring bits, like, I don't know what happened. I just, like, yeah, just went asleep, I think. Uh, it turns out they are looking for a cyber map. Suddenly, Pond and Rory are there, and the girl asks for something for her from her, and Pond writes for ages, and Matt just gawks there. What a weird scene. What did Pond write that took so long? Because I thought it was a signature. And all right. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought it was a signature. <laughs> What's the thumbs up for? No, that's why he looks. He looks like a thumb. Oh, he looks like a thumb. You know, the thumb. You know, Gareth. <coughs> um, are you here? Yes, I'm just. You want to find your tweet first? I don't think it's it's going to be hard to find. This is. Yeah. He'll have erased all. <laughs> it's a big no-no from Gareth. Big no no. Can't find. Can't find anything. <laughs> Big no no. No, sorry. Can't find it. Continue. Um, so I'm just talking about the scene where Pond is there signing a thing Why? for a girl. I don't really know. But first off. Is it not a bit weird as well that the doctor. Because where. Are they Colchester? Yeah. Or something? So. It seems a bit stalkery that the doctor's hanging about in Colchester. Well, it might but, be. See, hang on. No, he's going to see James. And Amy and Rory live in Colchester as well. No, but I, they might just be there. Why? Why would they shop there then? Um, uh, I don't know. Might be because do little ponds- do little girls ask for the autograph of models as well? <laughs> Um, apparently they, they do. Apparently they do. And you I don't know. know be, well, it, you almost. say it's an autograph, but I don't know what she's writing. Don't know how long her name is. She's <laughs> there for ages <laughs> writing it. Also, but Rory thing, looks yeah, like Rob. Of, you know, like the you know the Asda models, where they they're models, aren't they? But they're not sort of famous people, like George. When you see like a forty yeah, yeah. odd year old with his kid. Like this is yeah, the new line for the summer. It'd be like seeing one of them yeah. in Asda and being like, Can "No, I have your no, autograph? she was on a perfume ad. She was on a perfume ad." All oh, right, okay. But I don't think mm, she does become a model. This much we do now. <laughs> and the episode we did that one time. What episode was that? Oh where, like, yeah, she where she's down. standing on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, she slides, she down, slides the down two steps. Yeah. <laughs> Because she's cool. Uh, I'm Amy Pond and I hate everything! Um, Cyber Matt comes back from a... What? Cyber Matt comes back and Matt manages to catch it. Matt and James hear a scream and they rush to the scene. Matt gets knocked out by a Cyberman and James wakes him up a bit later. Alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 Why didn't he kill you? Oh, because I don't... I wouldn't be able to, to change into a Cyberman, so they just don't bother. You'd kill him, right? Why wouldn't you kill him? Don't know. Just whack him. Um, there we are. Back at James's house, James leaves uh, for some milk. 
We need to in get in the middle of this massive know, crisis. Right. So the writer, the well, Gareth thought, right, I need James out the house now. So Mac what would him. I do? <laughs> Go out for some, one <laughs> bottle of milk, nothing else, no uh, cigarettes. Do you need any Bensons and Edges, uh, Matt, or mm-hmm. anything? No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, he does look like Frankenstein, to be fair. I think he does in this episode. I don't. I still don't. I don't think he's ugly because he's not. But he, he's. I. I. Oh, I, I always. Know. No, I always appreciate. <laughs> far, far, far from me to judge the. <laughs> I always appreciate people who just look different, and I think he looks awesome. Thanks, Matt. Now. Um. Back at James' house, I leave some milk, blah, blah, blah. While the doc looks after the baby. Apparently, the sonic screwdriver can change the fabric of existence. When he, uh, <laughs> when he buzzes the little solar system toy thing, and then suddenly you can see the galaxy. <laughs> but it, it melts the roof. But Matt explains in this episode what the sonic bit is, a sound. So, right. And it gets worse. The Cybermat wakes up, but the doc stands it, no, stuns it with a sonic laser. Right. So he has, he has a laser gun. Interesting. James comes back from the shop and terrible CGI ensues. Do you see this? Did the one where it flies <laughs> yeah, over and he grabs yeah. it. <laughs> it's awful. The Cybermat looks okay, for the most part. But when they do yeah. weird things with it, it's like, well, what? Why? It's very Russell era, that Cybermat. Oh, yeah. Is that good? No. Oh, okay. Um, where am I up to now? The end, hopefully. No. <laughs> uh. They fight with the Cyberman and eventually deactivate it. Then not much happens for a while. Like, I don't really know what... I think just Matt just has a conversation to himself either before or after this event. Don't know. Don't worry uh, about it. Matt goes... We're not going to talk about how he can speak baby either because it's just stupid. Matt goes off to the shops to investigate some more. Uh, he finds a mirror... I don't know how, but he finds a mirror that opens up and reveals a cave. Inside, he finds a Cyberman ship underground. He noses around for a bit and James follows. Again, somehow knows the mirror. I don't know where he got that gun from, but... Act 3! The Cyberman capture the Doc and James storms in with a gun. I love how they just have no plan. You've got five minutes left. It's not a gun. It's a it's a scanner, isn't it? Don't know. Don't know which one's worse. You're like a barcode scanner. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think so, anyway. I don't think it's just a gun. That's <laughs> in the changing room. <laughs> An Uzi. Somebody's just left a rifle. <laughs> uh, Can I just try on this, pal? <laughs> oh, nice cock. They capture James too and try to make him into a cyber controller. They push him in the conversion because machine. he's very intelligent. Is that why they're doing it? Well, they say, don't they? That he says, "Oh, like back off or something." Like oh, you're not, you're not going to stop me or something. And they go, "He's really intelligent. He shall be our new controller." <laughs> Is that a joke? Yeah, you expect all the side men to go, uh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pull the other one. <laughs> Pull the other one, leader. <laughs> they, they don't say that, leader. 
They push him in the conversion machine. The doc says, if you think of nice things, James can stop the conversion. James gets a cyber helmet put on him. Before James's emotions get deleted, he hears his baby cry all the way down in the cave while the baby's up um, with Aunt Mabel. And the can I, Go on. I just want to address one thing before on. we carry on. Go on. Where... Well, two things, actually. Did you notice, one, that not all of the actors fit the Cybermen costumes? No. Some of them are too short, so that the heads are, like, sort of turtled in a bit. Well, that might be a creative choice, because it's all scrapped together, isn't it, these Cybermen? They're all down and out, so they're trying to rebuild their race, so they might all just be a bit shit. Right, I'll let that pass. Because all their costumes are all... uh, burnt up and scratched on it as well so it's just reused yeah. things isn't it I think I don't think they have the materials for new helmets and things like that that's fair although Cybermen are always the same height so I don't really understand what I don't know uh, yeah. don't know uh, but secondly you know um, when they convert James yeah why do they why do they use a CGI version of the helmet closing when the helmet is there anyway um, probably due to some health and safety, you might imagine. I don't know because it's more cost effect, more cost effective just to show the mask. But maybe James yeah, says literally. you're not putting that mask on me. Don't know. Well, I'm guessing all of the budget went on hiring him because it's not in the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know. Do you care? It just it just makes no sense. I just don't understand. You see it there. The you, lift, you see the two sides of the head, helmet behind it. Yeah, and then when it closes, it's a CGI version of it. So well, it's just a waste of time. This episode's a waste of time. Nearly there, nearly there. So he hears the baby cry, and through the power of love, James escapes. The Cybermen just let them do this for some reason. They don't really care that much, and then suddenly the heads start exploding. Um, why? I don't understand it. So I'm guessing that he kills the Craig's emotion kills the Cybermen because he's linked to them now, is he? So James and Matt take the teleport back into the shop. And they're reunited with the baby. Matt runs off. James goes back to the house where there is an effigy of baby pics on the wall. That's weird. Have you seen that ever? There's no pictures of them two, him and his wife or girlfriend, whatever it is. Just the baby. Just the baby. And there's loads of pictures on the wall. Yeah. Loads. Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing whoever did the production design just doesn't know what family is. Don't know. Uh... Matt comes back and it's revealed he used time travel to clean the house. Alright. What? Yeah. I know. What, what does that mean? Um, that he wouldn't have had enough time to get the window replaced and clean the whole house while James was on his way back from the shop. So he used time travel in this one instance to clean the house. The doctor okay. cleaned his house. Uh, Matt leaves and the baby <coughs> speaks. Says, Doctor, how old's that kid? Whoever, I don't, I don't know. know. Like The whole team, I don't think, know what babies are. Uh, Matt talks to some kids outside his TARDIS, and they listen for some reason. And there are voiceovers of their adult selves talking about this event. 
terrible. It's, I reckon it I sounded like great hat. in a meeting. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Just move it over to the bin. <laughs> yeah, they did it, though. Give it here. Give it here. <laughs> it does feel like a deleted scene. Um, so River Song is studying and meets up with the silence. The doc is going to die soon, apparently, so that so they chat a bit about that. Then River is put in an astronaut suit and uh, is put under the, the, the lake. And that's the astronaut that's going to kill him in the beginning of the season. No, it's a good story, all that. It's just this terrible episode. Well, I found out something about Alex Kingston. Who's that? River Song. I think think it's her birthday today as well. So happy birthday. No, it's it's not. You know how... (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah. March 11th. I think so. Oh, happy birthday. I'm sure I saw it today. Um, But anyway, uh, it takes with one hand. (laughs) Gives with one hand, takes away with the other. I saw somebody say that she was absolutely horrible at Comic-Cons. Brilliant. I can see that as well. The right diva. Yeah. yeah, well, you know when you get the, um, like, like Rob showed us the uh, John Barrowman at Wales Comic Con post, yeah. like, we've got a new guest. There was one of those that was for another Comic Con thing. And um, I looked into the comments and people were like, she was absolutely horrible to me when I asked for an autograph. I love reading comments like that. It's great. She, it is so good. She was absolutely horrible to me. <laughs> Don't use the word absolutely. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, well, happy birthday. Um, That's it. I just think it's a waste of time and a waste of time reviewing it, and I'm sorry, Harold. Like, it's a terrible episode. It's not even good it's drama. It's okay. Oh, it's not. It's just crap. Like, it's not even Doctor Who anymore. It's just crap. This is the worst New Who episode we've done. Probably. It's got nothing <laughs> to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> what about Flux? Uh, they are way better than this. Mm. At least interesting. got something to say or trying to say something. This has nothing to say apart from... Isn't it funny that this baby can't speak but can really? <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Oh, God, it's just dull. Can we move on? Red. Uh, yeah, I'll give it uh, a red. Red, red, red. <laughs> there we are. That was easy. WCCY. Right, so my story this week is... The Deadly Assassin. <laughs> Thoughts? No. Um, from season 14, Serial 4. Uh, my face is getting more and more bunged up the more oh, I'm speaking. So by the time I got to the other sentence, I'm like that. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Right. Rushing it. <laughs> I might have to stand up for a minute. Oh, stop. Oh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you don't believe in death, do you? Oh. <sighs> oh, I can breathe. I feel like I'm doing a keynote. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Apple keynote. Um, keynote. We've got a new computer out that's only £15,000. Um, it's got one USB slot. No hard No drive. headphone jack. You've got to buy um, that. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to use our proprietary charger that doesn't fit anything else. And you need to get your house rewired to plug it in, if that's okay. 
but it's great. It will sit on most desks, but it's likely that it won't fit on your desk just because annoying, isn't it? It's huge. It's huge. You need to buy an eye desk. We're going to release a new one next year, so don't bother with this one. Just wait till the new one. Yeah, don't worry. This is just a cash grab. Right, so my story this week is The Deadly Assassin. Season 14, Serial 4. It's like a school play. the 30th of October. Yeah. Always good at reading the My isn't story this week. <laughs> right, I'm going to do it all in that style, okay? Oh, please, now. My story this week is The Deadly Assassin. From Season 14, Serial 4. 30th of October to the 20th of November, 1976. Written by Robert Holmes. Directed by David Maloney. Produced by Philip Hinscliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Music by Daddy Simpson. I hate that cadence where people just keep doing it. It's like fucking hell. So, yes. Do you want a synopsis? It's four episodes long. Yeah. Throughout the millennia, the Time Lords of Gallifrey led a life of peace and ordered calm. Protected mm. against all threats from lesser civilizations by their great power. Oh. But this was to change. Suddenly and terribly, the Time Lords faced the most dangerous crises in their long history. Was that Thoughts? A- yeah. Um, I thought that uh, it was good. It's like a murder mystery, but we, don't, we know who killed the person. So it's like a... Manhunt straight away, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, they desperately needed action in there somewhere, so they had this weird matrix system sort of thing. Um, Brilliant! Which I still have no idea what it is and what it was for, and what it what it achieved. But it was cool. I liked it. I liked the clown in the puddle, whatever it was, and the shiny sand. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, I can imagine seeing this one if I was younger. It'd be scary. It's got uh, oh, the storyteller vibes. Have you ever seen that? The mm. mo- some of the monsters in that. Uh, and the master looks awesome. Mm. Who knew ping pong balls could be so effective? So, yeah. That's my thoughts. I really... Yeah. <laughs> Do we move them or... <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. No, I th- it was, it was so, really good. I actually really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's really strong. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's very strong. I've always liked it. It's not one that I go back to very often, but I'm always aware that it's great. Right. Right, here we go. Part one. No, oh, um, and Tom Baker's the best doctor, hands down. He's very strong. Well, apart from John Pertain. Physically. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, he's great. He's just great. He's great. And it's his birthday today. Happy birthday to Happy birthday. <laughs> So the story opens with uh, the synopsis monologue. Which, uh, what do you think of that? I think it's a bit weird. Um, mm, I don't think it's... It's weird for Doctor Who, but I don't think it's weird for the story. It's, it's almost like this event will be written down in time as that time when the Doctor killed the king, whoever it was, I don't know. Killed the king. I don't know. I really don't <laughs> understand what. Yeah, but the doctor did shoot the man, though, so I don't really know what. 
what's yeah i've always struggled with this a little bit and i think he did shoot the man three I'm a little times bit slow the same scenario but he's been shot oh no it's four isn't it i oh, know i think it is three you've got one at the beginning one at the end of the episode another one as a recap at the beginning of the next episode so shot him three times so he did shoot him but he's a cover-up the whole time is that what this is it's a cover-up i think so i think somebody please if anybody knows what the real answer is i'm assuming he does shoot him but it's sort of rewritten history so it's not actually him that shot him but it was but because ty- yeah but it's i don't know i don't know i don't know I'm not also, why is there an action man in a little <laughs> a little <laughs> we'll get there okay. we'll get there right so ow it oh. opens with that monologue um, the Doctor is in the TARDIS when he sees a vision of the Panopticon and witnesses the President getting shot. The TARDIS materialises on Gallifrey. Right, can I just stop you there? Or Gallifrey. You can. The President was begging for it. He wasn't saying anything and just open arms, shoot me if you want to. I'm here all week. <laughs> he doesn't say a word. <laughs> Sniper's dream. Exactly, yeah. Sniper's dream. <laughs> so the TARDIS materialises on Gallifrey and the TARDIS is met by Spandrel and the guards who order the occupants to be captured the doctor then gets his bong out and escapes when the guards come in a guard comes out of the lift and gets shot in the back by a dark robed figure Spandrel has a right go at the commander Hildred before uh sucking on a nice mint did you notice that he chucks a mint mint in his mouth I like that Uh, the doctor returns to the TARDIS and turns on good morning Gallifrey to be the start of the presidential resignation ceremony what do you think of Runcible the presenter Um, he plays it really well I think (laughs) he's just a little dweeb it's crap It's, it's horrible but great yeah I, really, I love when Tom's trying to speak to him. I was like, oh, you're still here. Yeah, when he's when he's got all of things, yeah. he's like dodgy me. Yeah. I love that scene. Oh, it's all forgotten about now. <laughs> Much like Barrowman. Forgive and forget. And with his case, just forget. Exactly. <laughs> Life goes on. <laughs> we then get a view of the Master speaking to, and quite obviously speaking to, Chancellor Goth. now it's meant to be I don't I know he keeps calling him my master but were we supposed to just automate do we know by episode one that that's the master um it's heavily implied isn't it yeah it is heavily implied but it's just sort of is he just saying? Oh, there was my never a big reveal, though. It's just more like, oh, by the way, that is the master. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's a bit of a dick. I, yeah, um, I've had a few with him for a few years now. It's like that. There's no like, it's the master. So I'm guessing it's just supposed to know. Yeah, I was. Well, they try and keep this whole reveal of who the assassin is throughout the whole thing, don't they? But I think. The problem is, is that Bernard Horsfall, who plays Chancellor Goth in this, and was also Taran in Planet of the Daleks, as we mm. know, the best Doctor Who story that there ever was, or ever yeah. will be, 
he's got a very distinctive voice. So even when he's sort of whispering, he it just sounds like him. So you instantly know that the dark figure <laughs> is Chancellor Goth. Woohoo! <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Why is the master like the way he does? I get he's at the end of so his life cycles, but um, do you know what? I don't know. I don't. It's a good design, though. Yeah, I think it's great. It's better than what we got in Russell's era with the old tenant. She's a little golem in the oh, cage. Yeah. Mm. I like I like Peter Pratt's master. It's only this story that he does as well. Oh, so which is a shame, really, because I think he's really strong. But he's uh, he's sort of really strong at being sort of dead. <laughs> so I don't know what he'd be like just playing a more alive version. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. So there we go. The Doctor steals some ceremonial robes and makes his way into the Panopticon, whilst a dark figure on the balcony, who, for some reason, this dark figure is supposed to be Bernard Horsfall, or Chancellor Goth, I'm assuming, but he sounds like Wester out of uh, Planet of the Daleks. I thought it looked like the Master. Oh, I don't know, maybe it is. Well, he's got the but same he, clothes he whispers on. something. I think he says, like, lambs of the slaughter or something. But he, he says it like, um... Wester, Wester, uh... Lamb to the slaughter. It's really weird. It's like, that's not... That's not anybody that we've seen here. Who's that? <coughs> oh, we'll see you again. Just leave it. Just leave don't it. Don't worry about it. No, honestly, just Moving don't on. worry about it. The Doctor speaks to Runcible. I really like this that interaction that you said as well between Runcible and the Doctor when he's in the Panopticon. It's one of the best scenes. I like when Runcible shouts, says to the cameraman, you stupid yoik. And yoik. the Doctor, like, goes to fucking get him. <laughs> like, you what? You what as well. And the Doctor spot... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Especially after a couple of pints. Right. Tom would oh. just headbutted him. There's a bit in this in episode three where you can see he's just had a few pints. He's got a big load of drool down his... his, uh, yeah. his <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it. Rough That's night, gross. was it, Tom? Show me the way to go home. I don't want to go to bed. Um, so, yeah, um, the Doctor then spots a rifle on the balcony. Right. And runs up to This it. rifle... It's got, it looks great. It does look great, but I swear they're um, air rifle canisters on the side. They're gas canisters. Mm. Swear they are. Or they're the little... Maybe. I can't remember what they're called, but they the little gas canisters you put in um, some cream, squirty cream that you do in Costa. Oh, right. And, uh, the ones that were banned for... Like, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah um, I can't remember how you do them now. <laughs> It's been so long. Um, t- well, once we finish recording, I'll show you. It's, it only lasts 10 seconds anyway, but you'll see them all at, like, parties and all that. In the park. Yeah, the kids <laughs> kids love them. Kids love them. So it, lo- it looks like them, but the gun looks great. I'd love to wrap together that. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, so then the president arrives down some steps, and the doctor grabs a rifle and shoots the president who falls down dead. It, End of episode one. He doesn't really fall down. It's more like a. It's like he's. It's like he's getting into bed, but a bit like he loses his foot in a bit. <laughs> yeah. 
He slowly lowers himself to the floor. You ever done that when you, you get into bed, but you kind of like, you misstep and you can't really remember where your bed is. So it's like, oh, yeah, good thing I've done bed it is so there. many times in the all. night. There you were. You know when you do it in the night and you've been for a wee or something, and rather than switch the light on, you think you just make it twice as hard for yourself and just try and sort of feel your right. way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so episode two. So the president is dead. It's gone. And everyone, no one really cares. Re- well, not really. They care more about, like, well, really... we need a new president more, though, like, oh, we need to do, like, a funeral for this guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every, so when, once he's been shot, everybody really slowly moves over to him. Because <laughs> uh, it's like they don't know he was shot. He's going to be a zombie. It's really weird, because... Well, he's been shot, and everybody just sort of looks at him as if he's just, like, collapsed. Didn't it's no one really else see weird. that big bright light and the big bang? <laughs> he's had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really weird. And that nobody heard their... Yeah. Noise. That came no. Did you hear that? No. Wasn't it? The new thing? It was. Yeah, but it was um, the dog who shot him, though. I don't understand how else that couldn't have been him. There was no I don't else know. there. I'm just... Maybe we'll work it out as we go along. Okay. So Chancellor Goth speaks with Spandrel and Barusa. Barusa has got such an annoying voice. Oh, is this the guy who's in the... Is it pink or, like, light red? Light The light red one who speaks with... Oh, he's very, so funny. I like him. He's my favourite. Oh, it's unbearable. I can't watch him. So, anyway, so Chancellor Goth orders that the election take place immediately. Hmm. Mm. Something suspicious going on there. Something sus, as the kids say. Mm. Carry um, on. Now, so now chained up, the doctor tries to convince Spandrel and the guard of his innocence. In the trial room, everybody's giving evidence as the doctor goes over some pre-drawn characters with a sharpie pen. When he's given the opportunity to speak, the Do you doctor invokes. They ever went up for sale? Oh yeah, they must be somewhere. I love them. I don't know why. Yeah, they're good as well. Yeah. They're good. So, once he's given the opportunity to speak, speak, the doctor evokes Article 17 of the Constitution, a so guarantee he's doing the job. of liberty. Aye. <laughs> um, he will run for president. And he! Uh, so, Chancellor Goff I was, well, goes I back to see... During this. I was like, how is great. no one like, like this in this episode? It seems so theatrical, but no one was that big on screen, were they? Seems very Tory, doesn't it? Mm. So, yeah. So, Chancellor Goth goes back to see the Master to give him the lowdown, and we see his horrible hands. The Master's hands look great. Yes. I like the look of the hands. <laughs> I like the look of the face as well. I think the whole design's great. I think it's yeah. horrifying. It's out at the end of your bed at night. Especially, like, you know... Does not flinch, does not for blink. For that time as well, for yeah. telly. It works. Great. So the Doctor and Spandrel go back to the Panopticon to discuss evidence of the Doctor's innocence. The gun doesn't shoot straight, so he couldn't have shot the President. We get to see a ridiculous Wait, chalk drawing. That was bullshit. Couldn't Tom have just messed with the sights before he gave it to him? It, honestly, it's well, not he's that He's looking hard. at it, innit? He's looking at it. Yeah. 
So he's like, right, I reckon I could knock these sights out. <laughs> yeah. Just twist that little screw. Be like, it doesn't even shoot straight. I couldn't have done it. What? Absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, but someone shot him, so surely the gun worked. And how? <coughs> I mean, once you know if a, a gun doesn't shoot straight, you'll know where its trajectory is, and then you can like um, compensate for that and move it more to the right or left. I think it's absolute bollocks. That doesn't prove anything. You said absolute. No, I said absolute, not absolutely. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm, uh, it yeah. is bollocks. I Did re- you shoot him? Absolute no. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, I did not shoot him. <coughs> I don't, so, I just don't understand yeah. what's happening here. I don't, I, 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 I don't d- understand. I don't know. But then I we get really that, know. we get it's that. Good, though. Yeah. <laughs> we get that um, ridiculous chalk drawing of the president on the ground. And it's round his whole yeah, costume. Yeah. Why? That's <laughs> where he died. Mm, I suppose so. So they gingerly go up some polystyrene steps to examine the, uh, examine the staser damage. Shall I try that sentence again? May as well. They gingerly go up some polystyrene steps to examine the staser damage. When Runcible screams, they go up to see what's wrong, and uh, and somebody is takes like the disc footage thing out of the camera. Yeah. Uh, Runcible points to the camera, and would you believe somebody's put a little action man in there? What is in the camera? What's happening? I think it's Captain Black or Captain Scarlet. But it's the, it's the master, isn't it, with his mini fire, whatever you call it? Right. Oh yeah, I remember you, now. Yeah, yeah. He did it in um, that in the terrible yeah. Jody episode as well to the lone Cyberman. So, we did an episode where he does what? it as well. Sure, we did. Well, what I've other seen ones it. have we done? I'm trying to think how many master stories we've done. Um, Not many, I don't think. No, have we? we've done the John Petwee one, where he goes off on the hovercraft at the end. Oh yes, yes. God, I love John yeah. Petwee. What an episode that is. The, the Sea Devils. Yeah. What a guy. Um. So yeah, so he takes all of the, somebody has taken all of the footage off the off of the thing, thing. <laughs> and we find that there's a little man that's in the camera. The doctor deduces that the master is to blame because of the diddy man, not Ken Dodd, just you know, no, a diddy man, diddy man, diddy man, diddy, John no. Doddy. Um, Runcible staggers out of the Panopticon with a big stick in his back, saying he's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. Why? And why couldn't he land backwards? That would have been funny. Rip out his chest. Straight through. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, he's dead. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's how I want to go though. The... Oh, really yeah. dramatic like. I'll hang I'll on. Do it for you. Don't worry. I'll ha- I could just sit here and die, but I'm gonna get up and go find the doctor, go say sorry loads of times for I don't know what he's sorry for, and then collapse in front yeah. of everyone. Then just going to oh, draw yeah, a chalk him. around me. <laughs> right. So, the Doctor then meets with the lovely Engin. Who? No, I love Engin. Engin. Uh, oh, you know the one who's always with Spandrel? This, is he? No, we, we'll, we'll discuss that. Okay. 
So Engin is the other Time Lord that's with Spandrel. Spandrel. He's the older bloke. Yeah. The, both of them are just gone. They don't really know what's uh, happening. I think Engin's lovely. It's Eric Chitty, isn't it, who plays... Um... <laughs> you all right there? Yeah. So, yeah, Eric Chitty. They're both great. Um, just the characters are dolites. Yeah, I think the the characters, they're all really well-written as well. Yeah. Everybody's sort of... They're all very different. Eric Chitty's probably best known for being uh, in Please Sir. I think he was Mr. Smith, the geography teacher, somebody? Also, uh, no. Yeah. Mm. Geography. <laughs> anyway. Mm. But he's been he's one of those actors where he was just a working actor that was in everything. He was in A Bridge Too Far, Casino Royale, Ooh. Oliver Twist. Ooh. You know, just First Men on the Moon. Just tons and tons of stuff. Just, you know... A good, a good egg. A good egg. So the Doctor goes to meet with uh, the lovely Engin and Spandrel to get some info on the Master and what's going on. The Doctor tells them that the Master telepathically sent the Doctor the thoughts of the assassination through the Matrix. Mm. So, okay. So the Master rewrote history. Ah, right, okay. So he has shot him. Right. But technically, somebody else has shot the president, but the master rewrote that history in the Matrix to make it look as if the doctor had done it. So when the doctor gets that vision, he thinks he's done it. Oh. But it's not. It's because the Matrix has been changed. I think just a conversation with someone. I don't know. Just like, I'm sure I didn't do this. That's not... I didn't... It's more like he just knows he didn't do it rather than, wait, did I do this? Yeah. So, I think that's where the... It's a little bit confusing. Comes. What is the Matrix and all that shite? And what is that? The ma- the Matrix is like where all of Time Lord knowledge is stored. Right. Like the cloud. Right. So there's a print of everybody's brain that sort of lives in this Matrix. And they say in here, in this story, that they use the Matrix... To predict future events, right? So, yeah. So, but, but the Matrix is the same thing for anybody who, who sort of more knew who. In the Timeless Children or Child, that two-parter, they go into the Matrix, don't they? When the Doctor's talking to the Master in that sort of dreamscape, grey, blurred place, and he's saying that this part of the Matrix has been sort of deleted. So, like your history somebody's changed it it's like it's all of memory and all of the knowledge of the time lords but in its own realm for some reason yeah yeah like a big time lord hard drive that everybody's thoughts and oh but you can but you can go in there and see for yourself rather than just like reading about it yeah i guess so okay i'm guessing that well yeah you obviously can but um i'd assume that it's not a thing that you do no it's possible but you it's not as if you want to go and watch your wedding, so you go into the Matrix and pull up a seat. Right. <laughs> you know. But anyway, so the Doctor tells them that the Master telepathically sentences the Doctor... Eh? The Master telepathically sent the Doctor's thought of the assassination through the Matrix, blah, 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 blah. The Doctor wants to go into the Matrix to find out where he sent it from, I think. So he's trying to figure out where... 
that thought was sent from in the mate. I don't really know why he goes in there. Uh, brr, neither do I. It's just the, so the doctor. I imagine. Probably. The Doctor enters the Matrix, but don't worry, it's just Betchworth Quarry in Surrey. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Do not worry, it's just a quarry. So, this is, for me, one of the bits that's really strong. So, there's a, the Doctor's dangling off the side of a cliff face. It's very north a samurai soldier. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a samurai soldier that comes and cuts the doctor's scarf that he's been hanging on to. He falls, and then he wakes oh, he up doesn't and he's fall, got an oxygen he? mask. Well, he sort of... No, it's not it's him, a dummy, is it? isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a dummy. <laughs> Tom, you've lost loads of weight. And height. You did he? So, um, yeah, so when he wakes up, he's got an oxygen mask on, and he's just about to be poked with a big needle by a sort of... A surgeon-y kind of man. So he runs away from that and sees a First World War soldier and a horse in a gas mask. Chilling, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is really chilling. I like that. With a sort of bombing raid. Yeah. So he runs away from that and spot, uh, spots some goggled men with a little train. Yeah. The track points... Yeah, the track yeah. points are changed. Yeah. And his foot gets stuck between the tracks they, as the little train they? comes towards him at an incredibly high speed. Did you see yeah, how fast the train's going? Yeah, it's quick. Yeah, it's quick. So, it goes around a corner yeah. at that speed as well. Yeah. It's quick. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the G in there. <laughs> well, it's not like real, is it? a spinning thing. Like everybody's face just drags. <laughs> well, his foot's not stuck, though, is it? Well... As soon as the train goes, he just pulls it out. Yeah, but... Oh, is that to well, the Matrix? Is that like... It's an easy write-out, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> right, so part three. So the train is coming towards him, yeah. but just as the Doctor braces himself, it's all an illusion. The Doctor speaks to the sky that he denies this reality and collapses in the middle of the quarry where vultures are circling around him in the heat. He wipes some sand away to find a mirror with a clown looking back of it, back at him, who laughs creepily. Mm. I like the clown. I like I this whole I sequence. Like clowns, it makes but... no sense, and I really like that. The only bit I wish did make sense was why is he there? And a bit more info on why all these things are happening. Like, why are all these worlds and characters and different things colliding? In this... Well, I'd assume that the reality that we're in this, well, this sort of fake reality it is the reality that the master has set up. Or, no, it isn't. It's the reality of Chancellor Goth. Right. It's just everything he likes. He, or... Yeah, so he's making it up. And the Doctor has entered his reality. But why is he making it up? What, what's he got to do with it? To kill him. Why don't you just go into the room and kill him? Don't know. Well, one guy did. He tried, anyway. The Bellend dead. <laughs> oh yeah, but he just they just shoot him. Yeah. Can you leave that? No. Right, Don't fuck touch off. that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Yeah, fuck off. Leave it. <laughs> so yeah. So he wipes some sand away and finds a mirror with a clown looking at him who laughs creepily. As he makes his way into an overgrown bit of the quarry, a biplane flies overhead. Fun fact about the biplane? Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> 
plane was used in Indiana Jones and the Mummy. Oh. The same plane. Mm. So there you go. Oh, I like that. That's, good. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Thank you. The plane starts firing uh, at the Doctor, who outruns the gunfire and dives for cover. The Doctor sees his leg is bleeding, and he denies it again. And the blood disappears and comes back. Disappears, comes back. We now see the assassin tracking the Doctor through the quarry. And the Doctor takes cover on on a, a quarry wall with a big spider that dangles in front of him with the sound of a fishing reel for some reason. weird. But it's not a real spider. (laughs) No. Uh I do love the music in this bit as well. The Rotatom thing. The digadum, digadum, digadum. Digadigadum, digadigadum. Digadum, digadum, digadum. It's great. It's like Predator. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, The assassin shows the map to the camera, and the voice of Chancellor Goth whispers, (laughs) He's going to need water. Wesker? Wester, are you okay? You've been infected by the fungoids. <laughs> um, the doctor finds a grenade in a sack and wedges it in the hook of a tree whilst the assassin pours some deadly green food colouring into a swamp. Oh. The assassin leaves and trips the grenade and it goes off. <sighs> so the doctor, yeah. he's fine killing people then, isn't he? Really? Well, I think, yeah, but it's sort of, it's not a reality, is it? Yeah, but if they die in there, they die in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the doctor goes to find some water and spots the poison bottle. Oh. He breaks off some bamboo and makes a straw bamboo. just as the assassin has finished tending to his burst spleen mm. or some sort of a some sort of an injury of the gut area. Mm. The assassin gets close to the doctor who rips off some spikes off a branch and douses them with the poison, climbs a tree and blow pipes the spikes into the assassin's leg. That had hurt like an absolute yeah. bitch. Like that... I hate oh. that nasty wart it leaves as well. Oh yeah, it's good that. It is good. It does look good. When really, he, uh, he, dr- he does a barrowman of the keg drop yeah. and, you know, checks it out. Pain. Looks like pain. The assassin then shoots the doctor in the arm, who falls about 15 foot out of the tree. Yeah. Like, that's a hell of a drop, that. Well, it's not real, is it, so... Just, no, don't worry about it. The guard goes into the Matrix room to fiddle with the controls, but Spandrel shoots him. The Master commands the assassin for one last push. Kill him! So, it's all about to kick off now, isn't it? Yeah. The doctor and the assassin are face-to-face... The doctor tells him to show his face, and guess who it is? Goth. Bingo. Goth fires, but there's swamp gas, and it ignites and injures him. Horrible editing. The doctor goes to... It is horrible editing. It's clunky, but... Yeah. I think it works, though. Okay. But if you've got to... You've got to... I think you have to pay attention that they say swamp gas because otherwise you just think the water's caught fire for no apparent reason they're just all very quick well yeah it it just sort of goes bang (laughs) no there isn't even an ignition it's just bang and then Goff's already on fire trying to like put it all out and then it's only on his back and he just dies well well, yeah but he doesn't die does he no Mm. he struggles though so um 
What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The Doctor goes to see him, but the assassin then jumps him. They grapple in the water before Goth holds the Doctor's head underwater, shouting, Finish, Doctor! You're finished! Just as the episode ends. Mm. Mm. Episode four. Where did he film all the jungly bits? Uh, let me have a look. Let me have a look. Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Probably some sort of a lovely park. Poorly now. <laughs> I do know that the drowning scene um, came came because uh, Tom Baker suffers from aquaphobia. <laughs> Doesn't like water. So he was experiencing a real fear of drowning during filming. Oh, no. He was so worried about the cliffhanger scaring kids that he visited families to make them watch part three and see what their response was. Shit. No one was asked, I'm so, guessing. Yeah. Yeah, they were just shouting, die, die, die. Peter Davis, uh, <laughs> Peter Davis. <laughs> so, part four. <laughs> Bring back John. Bring, Bring back, back John. John. <laughs> no, Tom's great. He's so good. He is good. So, part four. Turns out the Doctor isn't finished, and gets nope. out of the water, and absolutely twats goth with a massive stick. Goth wakes up from the Matrix in agony as the Master is not happy. He tries to mess shit up but sets fire to his computer stuff. (gasps) The Doctor wakes up and tells Engin and Spandrel that Goth is the assassin. (gasps) The Doctor asks what's under the computer. Ducts and shit from the old times, they say, and they go to investigate. They find the Master, who's apparently dead, but Goth is just holding on. Goth explains that the Master has used up all his regenerations and promised Goth all of his knowledge if he took him back to Gallifrey. Mm. (laughs) Gallifrey. Interesting. (laughs) Barusa says that the Doctor's story doesn't really work out. Your story does not quite work out. No, it doesn't. Can you just speak normally? No, I love how he speaks. It's very commanding. Is it? No. So he says that the story doesn't work out and they're just going to tell everybody that the Master shot the President, Goth tried to stop him but died, and the Doctor will be spared but he has to go. Like, you need to leave tonight. Right. So, like, okay. The guards are searching the Master's lair when they find a needle on the floor and give it to Spandrel. It's a neural inhibitor. Ah. He's not dead. <laughs> sure enough, the Master moves on the slab just at the guards and bearably slowly wields his gun to shoot the Master. Yeah. Like that. Good job. Good job. But the Master shrinks the guard. As the Doctor's Spandrel and Engin arrive, the Master points the gun at the Doctor and orders him to give him the sash of Rassilon. The Master shoots Spandrel and then the Doctor and Engin gives in. Engin. <laughs> Can't say it. Engin. <laughs> Give me a second. It's like a moped. <laughs> Mill now. Oh. It's coming up now. Not long now. Oh. Uh, where do we get to? Right, here we go. Oh, right, Engin. <sighs> fuck it. So then the Doctor and Engin... Oh, fuck Engin. The Master shoots Spandrel, and then the Doctor and Engin give... Uh, oh, 
Fucking hell. The master shoots Ow. Spandrel oh. and then shoots the doctor, but Engin gives in and gives the sash to the master, who leaves just before the door slams down at the speed of sound. The master walks out of that room and the door just goes whack! Like... Yeah. <laughs> it, it'd kill you, that door. So the master takes the staff and sash thing to the key, which are the keys to the Eye of Harmony. What he's going to use to restart his regeneration cycle, but he's going to destroy Gallifrey in the process. The doctor wrestles with the master as the room starts to fall apart. But the master falls into a fissure in the floor just as the doctor reconnects the hose things to the eye, so everything's going to be okay. Barusa isn't happy with the damage to the city, but forgives the doctor and thanks him for his help. Uh. As Engin and Spandrel thank the Doctor and say their goodbyes, they see the Master enter his clock TARDIS. Uh. Dun, dun, dun. The end. Uh. I didn't realise that was the TARDIS. The clock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a chameleon circuit, isn't he? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. Oh, I feel like hell now. Oh, it's awful, <laughs> isn't it? Oh... Uh. It's good. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, what are we going to... Why does Tom not have a companion? So, Sarah Jane Smith has left. And um, he has to go back. He's ordered back to Gallifrey in the last episode. Oh. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> uh. So he's ordered back to Gallifrey, and he's not allowed to take uh, humans with him to Gallifrey. So he hasn't got a companion in this. He's not allowed to have one. I think... No. I think it it sort of works, but it sort of doesn't as well. Uh, I think it works. Why why doesn't it? I think the only reason it doesn't work is that some of the dialogue has got to be a bit strange because the Doctor has to just say things that the companion would normally ask. Uh. So, because I think essentially the companion is there to ask the questions that the viewer is... Well, maybe that's why a lot of it didn't make sense with all the Matrix stuff. Maybe. Yeah, because yeah, you you probably would have had Sarah Jane Smith saying, "What's going on? Why is this happening?" Yeah. So yeah, but either way, I think it's really, really strong, um, and it's the only story to feature the Doctor without a companion. Well, the the only one in the um, original run of the series, sixty three, eighty nine. Yeah. To feature what? So, without to have no companion. Oh, just right. the Doctor. So, yeah. I love the feel of to, um, Tom's stories as well. Like this, the, the Philip Chit, yeah. It feels completely different to that Lighthouse one we did. Horrifying Rock? Yeah. It's not that far apart, but... They're great, it's, though. Yeah, the His Philip Hitchcliffe. Yeah, Tom's, Tom's early era is so strong. He's just so strong. Philip Hinchcliffe. You've got, basically, you've got the big three. Robert <laughs> Holmes is writing, one of the best writers for Doctor Who. David Maloney's directing, one of the best directors from Doctor Who. And Philip Hinchcliffe, one of the one of the, the gods of showrunner producers. Uh, 
from the classic era. Mm. So it sort of it can do no wrong, really. I think the music's really strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did notice the music at times. I thought it's, yeah. it's quite weird um, when you have moments where like the president's talking to his people and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like the first episode, it's uh, I don't know what the word is. Not nonsensical, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know what the instrument is. I never know what the instruments are on Doctor Who because they always sound that weird. Guessing yeah, well, it, there's uh, there's an organ for the all of the sort of the grand stuff. And that's that's all really nice. I think it's Leslie Pearson that's playing all of the organ parts. He was uh, one of the session people that Dudley used for all of the piano bits, harpsichord and organ. And there's loads of like parallel fifths that give you that sort of grand thing. When Dudley writes his sort of piano bits, he almost writes them as if they're sort of French horn parts because they're sort of so rigid that... They're just great. It just sounds really nice. All the Rototom stuff when they're doing the um, hmm. uh, the outdoor stuff, that's all great. I'm pretty sure they're Rototoms. They don't sound like concert toms because they're just sort of a bit more thwacky. They've got no sort of thwacky. depth to them. But, yeah, sound great. It's just great. <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, really strong story. Oh, and I don't think I can carry on much longer, so... <laughs> um, it's a green. It's a green. It's a green it's for me as well. green. I don't, I don't... A lot of things didn't make sense, but it's reason to watch it again, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure they're explained. And it is, it's I'm very sure watchable. Of, yeah, yeah, it is very watchable. I was quite... I was very, dreading very watching it last night, but... Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just watched it in bed and I thought, oh, it's actually a good story. One that I want to watch to the end. It's actually Rare, good. Huh? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a big thumbs up from right. me. And you got some funny moments in there as well, which you always have to have some yeah, funny it's, moments. Yeah, it's it's sort of littered with all of the best stuff, really. Yeah, it's, it's just sort of one of the best design monsters of, as well. Yep, full of good stuff. Brimming. So, yeah, we'll but, see what happens. What do other people have to say? Oh, God. Well, should we find out? Can you just, like, send your feedback and also move in? Like, don't feel pressured or anything. I just want you to send your feedback in. Um, We need your feedback, please. Um, Please send your feedback in. Do you want me to start? Or? Aye. Aye. So we've got three bits of uh, feedback this time. First up is John South at Flebass. John? Nailed it. I don't it. know if I've read that right. I hope so. Thanks. Thanks, team. Uh, John has this to say. Closing time is almost unique in how much I love the first half and hate the second. That ending, implying that entire planets wiped out by Cybermen, made just... Eh? That ending, ju- implying that entire planets wiped out by Cybermen must just not have loved their babies enough. Ah. Oh. 
Probably, yeah. How sad. Um, who's this now? Good BT Fibber at you are cool night you want. Deadly Assassin is one of my favourite Fourth Doctor stories. Closing Time, on the other hand, is one of my least favourite. See, season six episodes. Though oh, really? how much of that is because I've gotten tired of James Corden's face over the years is anyone's guess. Now, it's not a laughing emoji, but it is that emoji where it's squinting with its mouth wide open like it's smiling in laughter. Um, but there are no <laughs> tears. There are no tears. And uh, we've got one from Mark. Take it away, Harold. So, yeah, next up is the podcast god himself, Mark Cockrum, from all of time and space. Happy belated birthday, Mark. Happy We've belated birthday. You a happy birthday. It was on Thursday. Yeah, it was, it was, was on Thursday. I was busy. You were busy. <laughs> Couldn't be asked. Mark has this to say. Deadly Assassin is such an iconic serial. We're introduced to the concept of the Matrix. The 12 regeneration limit is referenced for the first time. And the Time Lords go back from being almost gods in the war games to dodgy old space Tories up to the necks in corruption. Love it. I haven't seen Closing Time in a while. Stormageddon is great. The new Cybermats are gross in a really good way. A nice nod to the past with the sadly recent depar- recently departed Linda Barron and another chance to see the Doctor trying to pass from a normal human to a comic effect. Middling. Oh, so shit. So, yeah, what I'm getting from that, Mark, is that you're trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was shite. It's all shite. Oh, well. Sorry if I didn't show so, much enthusiasm there. I'm just a bit dead. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just the COVID. <laughs> oh, it's all water on the bridge now. No one cares. Oh, we're doing what we're doing next time. <laughs> I It's a gun. Am I, am I doing a, a, a new Who story next time? We're leaving it. Oh, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> oh, it's not rated very well, but I think we'll do it. Do you want to go first? All right, then, pal. Um, so this one is the second episode of season seven. It's dinosaurs on a spaceship. Big synopsis. In twenty three, it's a. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> in twenty three sixty seven, the Indian Space Agency is on high alert as an unidentified spaceship hurtles towards the Earth. The Eleventh Doctor assembles a team to investigate, including the legendary Queen Nefertiti. A big Nefertiti. Yeah, a big game hunter named Riddle, Amy, Rory, and Rory's father, Brian. Materialising aboard the mystery ship, they're surprised to find it populated by dinosaurs. With time running out before the ship is blasted out of the sky, the Doctor must confront a vicious criminal named Solomon. Hmm. As the lives of the of his companions and the dinosaurs hang in the balance. Reading that, it just reminded me of a better episode that I actually quite liked. It was um, it's one where they go to the the old west. They go to the old west, and it's like this bionic cowboy sort of thing hunting them all down it's really cool oh it's terrible that ah, okay then alright then alright then what's yours what was it called dinosaurs on a spaceship oh yes dinosaurs on a spaceship right so mine 
we're going back to, weirdly, a story that the same director from The Deadly Assassin, this was his first story that he ever directed. So, we're going back to season six, Patrick Troughton. Season six, serial two, The Mind Robber. Okay. I'm just pausing for applause there. Uh, Would you like a synopsis? Aye. Okay. Escaping from a volcanic eruption on the planet Dulcis, the Doctor is forced to use the TARDIS's emergency unit, which takes the craft out of normal time and space, out of reality itself. The time travellers arrive in a mysterious world peopled by fictional characters, huh. Gulliver and Rapunzel, no Sir Lancelot, but it's also creatures from the mankind's worst imaginations. Huh. That sounds cool. Or imaginings. Um, so, yeah, the mind robber. And dinosaurs on a spaceship or something or other. I don't know. Whoopee. Whoopee. I'm so so yeah. ill. So, we're going to go to bed now. Yeah. I'm going to go for a poo. I'm going <laughs> to go to bed. That's it. So, uh, All right. There you go. Happy Thanks birthday, for listening, John. everybody. Happy birthday, Happy Mark. Happy birthday, John. You have a good one. <laughs> you have a good one, John. Bye-bye now. Not long now. No. <laughs> we'll see you next week for another episode of Lucky's Talking, and we'll see you the week after that for another episode of WCCY. All right, then. Happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. You can send in your feedback, comments and suggestions by contacting us on Twitter at WhoCanConvince, email us at mail at wccy.co.uk or visit www.wccy.co.uk. Be sure to leave the podcast a rating and a review on your podcast platform. For bonus content and access to the podcast Discord server, consider supporting us on Ko-fi. You can find all the links and information on the WCCY website. Thanks for listening and thank you for your support.